Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anime Trending Podcast. I am your host, Noobles, joined by... Me! Hello, everybody! Long time no see. It's James, and I don't normally talk this slowly. And me, D, or Medi. Yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, I... Thanks for hanging around, all two of my fans. I'm sorry if you missed me. I can't believe you stole my joke and then turned it into a pun to make it even better. How dare you? Beautiful. Uh, We're back. The podcast is back. We were on a bit of a hiatus uh, due to some reasons, but... I graduated college, that's why. That's true, yes. Uh, James graduated from college. Congratulations. But most importantly, Tower of God has come to an end. The final episode, episode 13, has just finished at the time of this recording. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms that we upload to this podcast. But today, we'll be talking about Tower of God as the final episode has just come out. And the three of us have been working on the uh, weekly updates and sharing some more thoughts on the anime trending news. If you'd like to read that, uh, we have essentially a review for each episode. But before we get into that, uh, for those not familiar with Tower of God, it is the recent um, anime adaptation of a very popular webcomic on Webtoon, uh, written by the author that goes under the pen name Sue, S-I-U, I'm not sure to pronounce it properly. And the series has been ongoing for over 10 years, and it's still actively publishing to this day, with new chapters coming out almost every single week. And uh, it's incredible to see uh, an anime adaptation of a show from, I'm sorry, of a story from such a long time. But at the premise, the story revolves around climbing a tower, and once you climb this tower, you pretty much can become god and get whatever the heck you want. Uh, And it kind of goes into a bit about the human desire of greed or power and whatnot. And this story is what they call it as the beginning and the end of Rachel, which is the girl who climbed the tower so you could see the stars. But bam, this boy who needed nothing but her, goes after her in the tower. And we'll leave it at that for the uh, beginning part of this quick podcast. But uh, we'll be diving into the anime. Uh, This is kind of your early spoiler warning. And again, this anime is currently streaming on Crunchyroll, as well as should be broadcasting in Southeast Asia on Andy Plus Asia. Uh, This is one of the first of the Crunchyroll Webtoon partnership collaboration in terms of the anime that's coming out. And I read the webtoon a long time ago. Don't worry, there won't be webtoon spoilers. So if you haven't read the webtoon, this is mainly for the anime. But um, I know we'll learn more about things and and answers. And as we see with the anime adaptation, that I'm sure left a lot of people confused. And I think that's one of uh, our frustration was with the show was there was a lot of unanswered questions and things that just kind of get left hanging. But then, of course, they wrapped it pretty well at the end of the episode. But as with the webtoon you kind of had to do that. You're going to have all these little bits and pieces that you don't see, and then eventually later we'll hopefully get answered, and whether or not we'll get to see more of the anime, who knows. Yeah, personally, I loved the weekly speculation and theorizing with, like, all the... This show's been praised for its world-building by many others already, but mm-hmm. it's just, there's so many seeds planted that every week I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder what's up with that. Like, I know nothing about this. And as it turns out, I wouldn't know anything about it for several episodes, but I was still like, oh, cool. Whereas it's still understandable to be frustrated by that. Like, what is all this? None of this makes sense. But... Yes, I am in the frustrated party. I could, I can't stand <laughs> it. I'm, I'm fine with complex world building and like learning the rules of the world, but 
this is this is something that applies to me outside of just anime and storytelling. I don't enjoy playing until I understand what all the rules are. So if you don't tell me all the rules and keep being like, this might be a rule, then I will not enjoy anything else that's going on until then. I'm that boring you know, STEM major that makes sure to read the entire set of instructions in the lab manual before playing with chemicals. I'll be consistent, but I won't have nearly as many fun explosions. It's kind of like those research papers we had to read back in the day. Even if you read the synopsis and the conclusions, you still wouldn't actually understand mm. the paper. <laughs> Whereas I was very much the type, or am very much the type, to read step one, maybe step two, and then just start working on it and read the next steps as they come along, or... Definitely read the abstracts for, uh, you know, when you need to source something in a research paper, but this is turning to a very different conversation. Back to Tower of God. But uh, <laughs> but one thing Tower of God, though, I think did a good job despite your different uh, all of our different preferences in terms of, you know, unanswered questions or things that kind of just left hanging or the lack of exposition at times. Um, it did a pretty good job, I think, in keeping you to watch the next week. Like, you're down to keep watching week by week. And Absolutely. part of me wonders how it would have been if we binged it. Uh, I know we watched it week by week, but if you had binged the whole thing, I know it's a different experience. Um, that's one thing I'm, I'm curious about, to see where it goes moving forward. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what people say about that, if they catch up to it or binge it after the fact, because right. we all watched it weekly quite literally yeah. like together every week um and there were points where i think i had even said this we may have written it down in one of the episode reviews where it the episode started and ended in really interesting points and i thought like oh this kind of reminds me of some netflix shows that are clearly designed to be binged and so they have way less focus on like a clear-cut beginning and end to an episode and like self-contained episodes um but it was good at the whole cliffhanger thing and keeping you interested to watch every week by all means i was always uh hyped for it that's the word <laughs> we also had like kind of a f we we also thought we had kind of a formula going for the oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> the at the early parts of the show where it's like oh you know, we learn some story, things happen, and then the test happen, and then cliffhanger kind of situation. And I remember we thought we were on to something of a, of a formula, and that's what the kind of the cadence We thought we had it all figured out by episode 8, and then episode 9 promptly came and it was like, you're wrong, and you're going to be so wrong that you'll never be able to recover. I mean, even beyond those, like, middle or later episodes, I, I've heard from other people and kind of experienced myself that just from the pilot early episodes along you're just like okay this is shonen i guess it's action it's fighting it's competition you got dude main character got a safe girl like it, you you think it's going to be really formulaic and simple or you can be led to think that anyway but yeah. it just keeps adding on layers and layers and layers with the world building like we talked about and so it didn't take too long for me to be really interested and in like okay there's a lot beneath the surface. Yeah, looking back on that actually reminded me of something. Maybe it's because we watched it week to week, and so the most recent episodes are in my brain, but I remember assuming at the very beginning of the show that we would not see a single glimpse of Rachel except for maybe flashbacks throughout <laughs> the show, and then she shows up in, like, episode five, I think? It was, like, four, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 uh, yeah, uh, yeah. She shows up in... 
The Crown Game, technically. Yeah, The Crown Game. Which is episode four. That's episode, episode four. four, yeah. And I was like, whoa! So that was, that was a fun surprise then. But it was episode four, so, you know, it's been it's been several weeks. So I was reminded, which was good. And one thing uh, James and Marie touched on, too, was that when we watched the first episode, it was very high stakes because people died. We saw blood and bodies and heads exploding <laughs> i was a very there was some very satisfying uh just like red smears for animation like when people got their heads <laughs> literally blown off i how do i say this without sounding like a psychopath i enjoy that's uh, always a great preface to any statement so i can't wait to hear it <laughs> yeah i like it i like it when people die in the cartoons uh, I like well, I like those extreme high stakes. I like people dying. I like watching people die in anime, in in fiction. I like the psychological, like watching somebody break. And I think the reason, and yes, that makes me sound like I'm a monster, but I think the main reason I like it in my media is because a lot of the times it's this fantastic, you know. There's always some extra thing, and it's also all fictional, so I don't have to worry about actual people suffering like that. But yeah, I was a little surprised that they were that after like the first test was just, all right, there's 400 of you, uh, there better not be, <laughs> in about now. <laughs> Good luck. I'm going shopping, and... and if I come back, if there are more than half of you left, we're gonna have words, young man. Pretty much. Uh... It, it was really interesting how they started that too, and I think it kind of goes back to that. This show, I don't think. The three episode rule works. If you're only going to no. apply the three episode rule and and just leave it at that, I don't think you're going to capture the full essence of, of the story. And you really do kind of have to watch the whole thing to really appreciate and come to a conclusion. Is is my personal take. I've never been a big fan of the three episode rule. I mean, I find a lot of times you can watch one episode and just know like, yeah, this ain't really for me. And sometimes it takes just the entire twelve episode season to really internalize what you right. watch or like see if you cared for it it's uh but with that said yeah this is not an easy two or three episodes and i got this figured out i'm on board or it's not for me it's kind of the roller coaster you know it takes its turns and it's drops like every three or so episodes i mean at most like if it's, it's interesting because episode three cliffhangers right before the crown game test and honestly that is the that test is where you get to meet so many of the characters that become like the mm -hmm. extended cast in that show that you really need to actually kind of watch episode four and a little bit of episode five to understand everybody that's involved what's great is that's that true. like you learn about anak and everything like that that's that marks a lot of the changes but in a meta sense in the story too that's when you realize the tests or the exams within the tower are really malleable like they're just like uh yeah hey by the way we're gonna add this bonus game and throw in these people from the other exam group because uh there's not a lot of them it's like they're able to play it by ear and just improvise and change things which happens several times again but again that's why it's it's not all that predictable it's not like the first trial the fourth trial it's just like yeah here's uh this test now we're gonna do this one uh, here's the Oops, daily the double bonus. Happen. <laughs> yep, yeah, pretty much. It's double jeopardy. Uh, either you all make it or you don't, and then you're traitors. Who knows? 
I like how I like I like all the watery things. Like totally off topic, but I like. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a big part the, of the, the setting or the aesthetic even. Yeah, a lot uh, of. I forgot how to pr- pronounce it. Oh, Shinsu. Shinsu, thank you. Not yes. that I can speak Korean, but as far as it's... how they say it in the Japanese audio. Well, in 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 the Japanese audio, it's literally God Water. Oh, that's right. Because they say Shin. Wait. It's the sub no, you're right, you're right. but if you listen to the Japanese dub, it's like that's right. or something like that. It's you're like, right. It's God Water. You are exact. Yes. Which I is remember, fun, I, I pointed that out. I was thinking uh, that's how I knew what it meant. Yeah. Well, it's goofy also because that's the uh, if you manipulate the second half of it a little bit because it's not su, but like uh, sui is you know, yeah. shin sui. It's the, I was uh, thinking the, that. the Chinese readings of those kanji. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yay, and I think language. It was really cool. The Tower of God <laughs> I know. released on Crunchyroll on Wednesdays, which is Suyobi in Japanese. Nice. Oh, huh. Too I didn't even think confirmed. about that. Thank you for coming to Dang. James and Medi's Linguistics Corner. We'll have more of that eventually. Who knows? Every time a foreign language but... shows up, if I have any knowledge about it, I will talk about it. Fear not. Next time German shows up in an anime, I'll go off on my own little rant. That's true, you are an expert That is an unfortunately German. common occurrence, but let's avoid it for now. What are you talking about? German's a beautiful language. No, I just mean, <laughs> like, there's a lot of German in anime. Yep. There is, that's very true, and we'll get a lot of that. But going back to Shinsu, I thought it was a nice element, and that's, I think, one thing that felt a bit uh, underrepresented in the first season. I felt like there could have been a lot more that could have been used, but it just kind of was like, oh, it's there, if that made sense. Like, yeah. they, they do try to manifest it yeah. and learn it, but it kind of was just kind of thrown in being like, yeah, it's there, versus, uh, I'm taking a little bit out of context, too, but, like, with, like, Star Wars, you know, everyone has to force, and yeah. it's, the, it's the, you know, the, the nature and power, but with Shinsu, it's kind of like, we have Shinsu, you have to survive it, if you don't have it, you ain't gonna, you, can't, you ain't gonna make far, you're gonna go far into towers, so that I thought could, it was really interesting. It could definitely be a point of contention. I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear what James thinks of it, actually, because it's that kind of thing. It's like, uh, Shinsu magic, this works because Shinsu. And so it'd I'd... be easy to write that off and say, like, oh, it doesn't explain anything. It's just a, like a catch-all answer. But I do think it's introduced pretty organically. Like, they treat it as a thing that already exists. And the people in the know, like the rankers, the examiners, they do, talk yeah. about they it do in know. detail as if they know a lot about it and there are rules to it. So mm-hmm. it makes it believable to me anyway that like, oh, there's quite a bit to it. It's just we don't know because Bam doesn't know. Yeah. I mm. so I never thought about that. Yeah. I know I complained earlier about like, I don't like playing unless I know all the rules. However, I do like uh, Shinsu as like a storytelling device because it hasn't been well defined yet. You're allowed to get away with using it to explain away a lot of stuff. Uh, which That's is, true. Which is something I'm okay with. You The... the it's if you need it as a as a magical plot, you know, like why this? Because Shinsu, fine. Because you've never really defined what it does. As soon as you start boxing it in, though, that's when you're gonna start having issues with me. Is it like okay, well, supposedly X or Y said this, that, or the other about mm-hmm. it, but now that's being contradicted. That's when I'll have problems with it. I know some folks have that issue had that issue with the Force uh, in Star Wars, like in the original trilogy, it was this magic mystic power, which was great because you could then use it to explain away a ton of stuff. But then in the in the prequel trilogy, they're like, oh, it's made by magical mitochondrion that live inside your cells. And I'm like, okay, you science, 
You've scienced the magic a little bit too much, which means that it's less magical and now doesn't hold up as well. So as long as they keep it, as long as they keep it kind of as like the relatively vague, it's a magical power, some people can use it, some people can't, behold, then you're fine. And somehow We're you're going okay back... with JoJo, which uh, half of the stands just get a new rule every episode or lose a rule. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but jo- JoJo's, going back to I, my I've notes. completely unmoored myself from reality with JoJo's. That's valid. Though going back to my notes, actually, I realized uh, Lero does actually talk a bit about uh, Shinsu in the first, second episode yeah. when they had to pass the wall. So it is like a key in the tower. It's like the essence of living, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty vague because I know each each floor has Shinsu and it deals with like how you're able to interact with the tower. But I, I, I'm looking forward to when they dive more into that because I think it's quite a... a, a good way with storytelling like you mentioned that it really can drive the way in which the story uh, goes and also adds that fantasy element that we really like in in anime where oftentimes in fantasy it's like oh it's either medieval or there's some kind of magic and everyone can use it but with shinsu it's still it's really ingrained in the environment which i hope forward to them expanding more about and kind of wish they did more but again it is based off the webtoon right. it, and i i mean from a i world, read it a long time ago but we'll get more from a world building perspective what you said is is pretty solid because it's it doesn't feel like regular world plus magic added to it which is what a lot of like right. high fantasy is it's like it's, medieval england but with magic yeah. in this case Right, right, right. The the magical MacGuffin or whatever is so ingrained that things are built around it. It's this yeah. It's very clear. It, yes. It's a magic system or a power system, not just one off thing. So I guess when I was you know memeing on JoJo's just now, it's like the entire concept of stands or Hamon, not just one individual stand. That's like, what do you mean it works like this, but then not like this? Yeah. Well, then again, we have Kuhn's bag. I love yeah. Kuhn's, <laughs> I love Kuhn's magic three D printer. <laughs> and again. It's we really Shinsu. organically <laughs> discover like how it works or doesn't work because in universe rock is like what is that thing it makes chocolate bars <laughs> that's and that's what I think I love and that's kind of what I like about the environment too it's we have Coon's bag and we le- we see it happen like you mentioned organically mm-hmm. but also it's like a half three D printer because it's a bag he kind of, of holding all those slash three D printer it. it... It'll store mm-hmm. just about anything, including people, which is like, ugh. Yeah. Um, but it also <laughs> copies stuff, which honestly, of all the things, if, if I could have any cheat item, if I got Isekai, it would absolutely be that bag. I would okay, never have so any problems ever. You were the first to drop the I word in this podcast, and I was waiting for this bombshell question. Is Tower of God an Isekai? No. No. But Bam is an irregular. Bear with me here. <laughs> <laughs> he well, doesn't come from the tower. But he didn't. No, no. Oh, well, gosh. Mm, okay, so honestly, I mean, maybe no, just... no, 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 no. So, okay, okay. <laughs> well, no, no, no. To, no, to because... make sure, to clarify. Irregular meant that they weren't supposed to be in the ah, tower. Ah, that's a good point. Okay, I'm sorry. Not supposed. To, they weren't supposed to be selected. They weren't selected right. within the tower. Like they weren't the ones that were supposed to enter. For instance. That makes right. yeah, because people recognize the the realm that but, that Bam and Rachel come from as existing, so it's not like a parallel that world. That is it's interesting. Part of the world. Be- well, here's the thing: they, they imply that the entirety of the world lies within the tower. Period. Like the Maybe tower just is from the, the world. basement. Nobody talks no, th- about there's the also basement. world. There's also world outside of it. Remember, um, because uh, I forgot the character that we love, the female character. I wish I remember these names now. Oh, uh, um, that became friends with Shibisu. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 
Senna, they were in. Remember the cutscene back time where she lost her friends and everything. Right. Yeah. I think that's outside the tower, and then eventually she got selected by Hedon to like, oh, come climb the tower that, now. This is your that second That makes chance. sense to me that they're outside the tower and getting chosen to climb the tower. But I swear earlier on there was some statement where yes, Sam asked about the tower. Be, yes, you can be selected within the tower. Like well, there, no, there is an I mean, environment where in the someone tower tells too, him yeah. like everything that exists is the tower, like in the tower. What do you mean you didn't know that? Like that's obvious or something. Maybe that's oh, just that's privilege from somebody that grew up in the tower. Oh my god! Known the pri- and has yeah, only ever I mean, known the tower. This is just an example of uh, some of the details getting muddied that maybe need to rewatch. And <laughs> that's true. I do need back. to rewatch. Yeah, and also because I've read the book just such a long time podcast. ago. <laughs> but yeah, the the isekai thing was just an absolute joke. <laughs> I'm still glad we got an interesting point of conversation around it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we're probably going to be yelled at by the webtoon readers and certain things that we miss from the anime, but I honestly no, I have not guy. read because I cannot read. I haven't read it either <laughs> because I just oh, I read it such a long time ago. I was into webtoon and then I lost my login information and they never bothered to recover it. So... <laughs> um, Fair. Honestly, enough. for every 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 angry comment we get, will just feed me a little bit more. I'm sustained on some of that stuff. Sometimes it hurts though. I'm I I I'm a soft, squishy, baby boy on the inside. Don't hurt me. Uh, I don't know what, where that sentence was going. Uh, we've talked a lot about the world. Uh, do we want to talk about literally anything else <laughs> about the actual yeah, like animation, characters, stories? Oh, characters. That's oh. true. Who's we your can dive character? into the characters. Oh. Okay, hence, um, when I first started, Rock was definitely my favorite. Rock is a good but comedy also, character. He is a good comedy character, but also, I kind of like Kuhn more and more. I don't know. It, it, just the way he does things and is the mastermind of, of like, the way some of the games existed, uh, such as the Crown Tower, his plan with that, and then his other plans with the tag game. I enjoy the one overseeing things as my as James and Maddie learned the other day to, my free time is spent playing games where I oversee things like civilization or prison architecture and I'm the guy in charge of what's <laughs> happening the mastermind the mastermind so I, I like Kuhn at, at the end of this episode I, I enjoy Kuhn the most but in terms of personal personality I definitely think I'm aligning with Bam because I don't get a lot of things you're too. shiny <laughs> and innocent and occasionally very dumb yeah, that's, I respect that's me, you a so. lot, but I I am sometimes shocked by the number of things that I will say that you don't understand. Oh my god! Pretty much, but it's mostly because I'm a terrible garbage human, and nothing terrible has ever. Nubles has never had a has never had a mean thought in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Anime what are you guys' favorite characters? Cinnamon roll. Meanwhile, um, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm old leftover pizza. But not like good pizza, no. but like bad pizza, soggy pizza. When, before you talk about your favorite characters, don't worry. The character personification of James, you look like a cinnamon bun in your amazing train suit, which we'll be revealing soon. Aww, and, uh, the other day we concluded I am a houseplant in the anime trending office. Uh, that reflected is by the fact that I, I don't actually have a, a face or an avatar, do I? Nope. Just not plant. yet. You will see. I should just get a, a nice little ficus. That'll be my logo. There you go. There you go. Uh, so, Maddie, who's your favorite character in Tower of God? Uh, in episode one, it was Yuri. In episodes oh, two, yeah. all the way through the end, Shibisu. 
<laughs> okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's no explanations needed. I mean, you know, I respect that. <laughs> I love Shibisu. I was very worried at the beginning of the show that I wasn't going to like any of the characters because I was also a huge fan of like, well, not a huge fan. I was a moderate fan of Yuri at the at the beginning. Because I'm like, dang, she's cool. Oh, the one when she and... kicked Bam's face, I was like, okay, I like this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like her just because, uh, yeah, she's kind of a badass. Um, I didn't like Bam that much. I didn't expect it. I didn't, pl- I, like, my expectation, like, at the end of episode one was that I wasn't going to see, you know, Rachel at all. Uh, I thought Rock was kind of obnoxious. He got more endearing as time went on because he seemed to be a nice. Oh, yeah. He, he became a nicer character. And so his loudness became less uh abrasive at kun yeah he's smart and i think he's neat but i don't like he's not somebody who's like who like i'll put on a flag and rally behind um he's neat but he is also kind of a jerk um i do have to uh, i won't cut you off no i want to hear it oh oh i was gonna say i i didn't name rock but even though he's not technically like my favorite I have to give him so much props because his character and his portrayal, I could say, like, really symbolizes what looks like toxic masculinity at first, but really delves into, like, wholesome, positive masculinity, where he's like, I am big, scary, I just want to kill, that's all I care about, I'm strong. But the moment he gets forced onto the team, he's like, my teammates are awesome, big and strong and like, <laughs> that's true don't yeah. underestimate my turtles and it's like yeah, oh he's actually I, nice that's and he I doesn't just want to fight for like, like he genuinely sake. wants strength and all that but yeah it's, it's pretty healthy about it like the more you get to see of him i think that's why he grew on me because at the beginning it was definitely like oh he's one of those types but yeah and as time went on it was that every like he talks big about himself but it also turns out later on in the show He'll also talk equally big about all of his friends, which is which is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's that yeah, it is it is kind of that transition from initially that like okay, this is kind of this feels like pretty toxic kind of way to go about it, and then as time goes on and we realize how how like emotionally intelligent he actually is, it's like okay, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I can I can get behind this. I can get behind this almost unconditional support that he has for his teammates. I want to see a team dynamic between Shibisu and Rock. Because oh, that'd be great. is just like, cool, I found strong teammates. I'm going to play it safe. You guys go do stuff. Then they're like, hey, you're a teammate. We trust you. He's like, huh? That's almost, be fun it's to almost see a little bit of like the like Hots and Shibisu combination. Yeah. Because Hots, it, Hots takes everything at face value. And so Shibisu will boast. And then Hots is like, I believe in you. And Shibisu's like, please don't. <laughs> and Anak um, literally is just like, yeah, I'm going to hang out with uh, Endorsi instead. Yeah. I, so, oh, I haven't even talked about my favorite character yet. I, I feel, I, I almost regret asking you first, Medi, because you were, like, you promptly went Yuri and then immediately followed by uh, Shibisu, and I love Shibisu. Uh, he makes me laugh oh, all the time. Uh, I think, though, just because, just from a pure, like, more screen time, I definitely like Anak a lot. Um, she is one of the ones where... Maybe she's almost. Maybe it's because her motivation seems kind of straightforward and a little easier to understand at the beginning. There's less like hidden about her. It becomes a lot easier to support her and become more mm-hmm. interested in how her character develops over time during the series. Um, because at, at the beginning you're like, oh, she's small. 
she must be annoyed by people like it must be just a regular person but like a regular <laughs> aged character but also short who hates being called short and is constantly angry about it and then it's like oh no she's actually there because revenge reasons and then and as, also she's small as the as that like object of her hatred becomes less and less defined because she's like i hate all the princesses of zahad mm. because they're the reason my mom's dead mm-hmm. and then meeting Endoshi and hating her because of what her title is and then realizing that maybe she's not that bad of a person and then having that change in in kind of where her anger is directed uh and maybe toning down the anger and and being able to like focus a little more because i know everyone talks Mm -hmm. about like oh if you're angry you'll be unfocused with your like fights and all that but i definitely think that applies i think i love how love how endorsey and anak play off of each other i think individually neither of those characters are like nearly as entertaining as great yeah, yeah as when they're together um, absolutely it's i, I, I would uh, that's a highlight of just this dynamic cast is really good uh what's the word i'm looking for synergy yeah it's yeah. a really good re- like web of relationships it, like no no two yeah. characters seem to have the same kind of interactions with each other yeah and that's great and the fact that i can take two that i'm like oh i didn't see rack and chibisu talk much but that'd be fun to like see that like yeah, the, the fact that for... they let you imagine that that you care to imagine that shows that they gave you enough seeds with everybody else yeah and the fact that they managed to do that for so many characters in 13 episodes is actually kind of astonishing yep and i kind of and looking back at it now i'm kind of glad they spent a good amount of time on anak's backstory too and a bit of indoor seas as well because now there are two characters that are very crucial in the whole uh, the whole storyline and also being part of the group overall, but we don't really understand him as much. Like, but Shibisu, we kind of get him. Hots, we kind of get his personality and attitude. I, I don't, but Anash and Endorsi, it was kind of like... Sorry, what was that? Um, <laughs> wasn't important. I'm saying you're like, oh, we get Shibisu, and I'm like, now that I think about it, I have no idea why he's there or how he's there. And well, well, that's the that. thing. Well, it's that same thing with well, actually, with Rock, we know he's there to fight the strongest person. Mm-hmm. But what they provide in the story is good enough. We don't right. need to know his backstory yet. But him as a character, same thing with Hots, we kind of get what their their you know personality is, their you know their mo- motifs and kind of their direction and what they're doing. Versus Anaka Endersi, it was always crowding a mystery with the princess and That's a princess point, and whatnot. Yeah. And, and then they focused on that the most which i'm glad they did because now like you mentioned uh with the with the final test the the underwater hunt we really see that come together between the two mm-hmm. especially their their drama between the two and then um, of course yuri showing up and then now it really severe you know brings the severity of oh shoot the the zahad empire and all this family stuff is it's a big deal and you get enough of that and that's why i really hope a second season happens because i think that's when we get to see the other characters and where they come about to as well mm-hmm yeah i definitely like the development between anaka and doshi like 10 out of 10 same they're probably my fa- they're, uh, yeah that's def- probably my favorite character interactions i would agree with that for character interaction definitely one of my favorites with those two yeah agreed now going back to now we have the characters set uh art style i would like to touch a bit on the art stone animation i know vertical wise the community had mixed feelings about it but at the same time it, it does stay very truthful to the to the webtoon for those who haven't read it, um, and I kind of like that. It feels very the thick rough. Outlines, yeah. The th- mm. Yes, the thick outlines. And kind of. But they were still. 
that like chalky. But they were kind still able to capture on the fills. Mm-hmm. But they were still able to capture quite uh some parts of really good animation, especially when uh Bam turns into a ball of light during the the crowns fight, and then yeah. of course again with the final fight with the, the bowl. Yeah. Those are both and... really well animated. Uh, and what's interesting is water and liquids are always difficult to animate no matter what. And it's considering yes. how much yeah. random underwater stuff happens. I think they did a really solid job. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really an expert on visuals as far as animation, especially. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And in many ways, it's like the visuals as in how good and detailed it looked didn't particularly impress me but i do really like the design of a lot of things like the characters mm. and even some of the monsters or just some of the sort of the sceneries you know the environments of the tower very the bowl. watery like you, you guys said. the bowl you guys were really on about the bowl I, design the monster thing design looks <laughs> like so unsettling and i think that in a very good way like wow they did a good job with making a scary monster yeah the monster it looks like that monster it looks like those Martian monsters from Terraformers. Have you oh, guys you said that? that? Yeah. Yes, I said that to you guys. Yeah. I have seen an image of those cockroaches. It's horrifying. Ones. Good. But it's good. <laughs> like that's what you want. Yeah. You want to be horrified. It's the bull. Um. But no, like, like, like <laughs> I, even like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode with Bam looking really nice in his outfit, and even then going, you go back to um. Oh no, uh, Suda Ken's character. Little. Little. Uh, his puffy dapper. pants. All hell. His pants. The hammer pants, 10 out of 10. Oh. It's so good. I think the best part was when he, had yeah, to, when, he, when he quit his job and had to change into an actual suit. That felt so funny because all the characters' outfits are kind of like, well, I, I mean, most of them are like pretty outlandish or like, you know, that you've got some very regular-looking clothes, like Kuhn is like, I'm going to wear a button-down white shirt and some pants. And a and nice then, tie, and I think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember if he has a necktie. But the, and then, like, Shibusu's like, I'm a purple tracksuit. And, you know, Bam's got a nice, you know, red and gray and black ensemble going on at the beginning, and then afterwards changes into a tracksuit. Um, <laughs> but then, like, aside from that, there's, like, a bunch of other outfits. You got a samurai-looking outfit. You got a man that is always wrapped up in his blanket. You've got some nice yes, one-piece yeah, dresses. Yeah, we didn't even talk some... about Laurie. Yeah, I mean, he's asleep most talking of the about time. There's, yeah, but there's just so many great characters we haven't even mentioned that were, like, great. Oh my god, I love Quant. Let me just mention that. That's mm. all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quant looks like a troll doll. Granted, I mean, I love most characters voiced by Yoshino Hiroyuki. Just like Lerodo and uh, Laurie were kind of carried by their voice actors for me in many ways. But. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, but Lerodo in a suit, like when he quit his job, was so funny because he dresses like a literal clown for most of the show, and then he quits yeah. his job. And he's like, "Well, time to put on regular business clothes because I gotta go find another job, I guess." <laughs> well, he's gonna climb the tower. I dropped out of clown college. Just... <laughs> now I gotta go to regular college. <laughs> I gotta go to regular college. <laughs> But he was definitely one of the characters we we liked a lot. And we mentioned uh, a lot about in our reviews too. Like Lero, just yeah, he I think he seems insignificant at on the surface. Yes, he really. But 
he really embodies some of what we were saying where early on you're like okay he's that kind of character he's there for that purpose but then it goes on it's like oh he's interesting and he's like he has he has agency in the show and he doesn't know everything even though we thought he did and he's Mm -hmm. really yeah he defied our expectations and also i think part of the reason why we were so infatuated with him is because the three of us i think all have like a man crush on Tsudaken, you know, like... You say the three of us, but every single person in the world actually has a man crush on Tsudaken. Yeah, let's be real. That That's other true, people, yes. I mean, even people who've never seen or heard Tsudaken might have a man crush on him. I think yeah. most of the staff oh. has a uh, here at Anime Trending has a crush on Tsudaken. Yeah, we'll talk about Sudaken, so that's why we like literally even Join more. Join us next but, week you know, for the Sudaken podcast. <laughs> where we talk about all of our favorite roles that he's had. Beginning with the ones, beginning with the most recent ones that I've watched, which is Tower of God, and then my rewatch of Ready Starlight. There we go. But with that in mind, with the animation and whatnot, uh, especially the funny part with Lerolo, uh dressing up, I think we found probably maybe the funniest moment in anime this year. Uh, Bam getting <laughs> eaten off. I I hate the. Fact Why is that the funniest moment? I hate the fact that that is the moment where, like, all of us kind of just laughed because it's supposed to be this super serious thing of, like, oh, man, a betrayal I right in front of Bam's laughing. eyes. Well, I mean... I don't know if you did, but James and I definitely had a moment of, like, holy shit, like, just a holy shit. <laughs> just kind of that, oh, my God. It's not quite a laugh, bam, more bam, of, like, bam, a, bam, a, a scoff. Air horn. Yeah, air horn, yeah, stop uh, flag. A little bit, yeah. Togs in the chat. Not toggers, yeah. Yes, pop. Targers in a chat. Yep. Yeah. It. I don't know. Like it was just kind of. It was. It as James said. It's supposed to be serious. But it was kind of hard to take seriously because we all knew, like, we knew that some betrayal Something was going to happen. happen. But it had all been like. Did we? I okay. <laughs> well, okay, that's true. We didn't all know. Well, I I was suspicious because you know as as Rachel has was like cast in this very suspicious light from like all the other characters. Like Bam's the mm. only one that's just like. I will believe everything about her and do whatever she wants. Like most of the staff are, are uh, not staff cast are very leery of her, but go along with it because they all trust Bam and his sweet yeah. innocence. And so they're going along with Bam. Not they're doing it for Bam, not because you know, not for Rachel. And right. so everyone else is very like, this is super sus, but we're going to go with it. And so she never had that many points in her favor. And so when she pushed, him off the floating thing it i wasn't surprised that it happened i was more shocked right. at how just like i wasn't push i was more yeah, surprised that, things... her, her, that she wasn't actually paralyzed that was the thing that surprised me more than the yeah fact yeah she betrayed him and that's the thing is a lot of it it's like oh that happened i'm not like surprised i believe that that kind of thing would happen in the story but it's not like I was expecting right. it. It's like, oh, obvious betrayal. Get to it. I like. I'm well, not surprised by betrayal. Uh, yeah, but it was just the fact that it was just as simple as, all right. First of yeah, all, jokes sure. on you. I'm not paralyzed. Second of all, push. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it was. It's. It was so long ago. Uh, when I read the webtoon. I kind of forgot what was the betrayal. I knew something would happen, but then when I watched the anime, it, they put. Hong Sung Yoo in a very suspicious light, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, dude, it he just, was suspicious. The way he interacted with Leroro yeah. and the way that he was evading Leroro's question, I think that enough was to warrant, you know, something's going to happen. And in his meeting with the, the, oh, the, Evan? The, 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 the meeting with the sheep guy. The uh, oh, that guy. That thing. That guy. I forgot the, 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 the enforcer. 
the ketchup packet. Yeah, we called him the ketchup packet yeah, yeah. after he got flattened by Hammer. That's yes. Right. He got Reinhardt. That was that was satisfying. Yes, he got Reinhardt, uh, Overwatch meme. Um, but just that meeting in itself to that he's helping that uh character that I already forgot the name of to achieve getting the uh the green the green April April and the black March yep. swords. Um, that in already itself is like, oh, he's he's do he's gonna do stuff to help him. That's he, because he is the test master, he can now adjust the test to his advantage, mm-hmm. and and it kind of manipulates the thing. And then his interaction with Rachel, in a way, too, uh, as we saw with the uh, episode thirteen. But just his vague comments was enough for you to raise suspicion of something was bound to happen. Um, and then um, and then as things progress, I'm like, oh, right now, I remember what was the betrayal? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so in in the in the context of the episode, it is like a pretty serious thing, but it's definitely one of those things where you could, like, it's one of those things where I look forward to seeing how many different edits of people dubbing over it and like making meme edits and just taking that particular scene out of context was just push. <laughs> push. It's, it's a very a funny thing taken out of context. So. It I does remind me it. of, like, what was much more telegraphed was the drama with uh with hole in mm, the tag game mm, where definitely we saw all of the planning and stuff going to the motion like beforehand and even couldn't give that suspicious look like in the, in the it's like a lecture hall but like the little briefing room yeah yeah the um, briefing room before the the, the game of tag that when note, they were in that lecture hall yeah you know the final episode with all of its reveals and recontextualizing everything with Rachel, it did show that the red head girl, whose name escapes me... I don't think she actually has a name. Yeah, Evan called her the Navigator. She was the one that tried to attack Bam in the Crown game. Which apparently was intentional. She actually wrote that letter, gave it to Ho, which... Something in that episode with the letter made me suspect as much. Maybe they showed her in the hall or something. But then... Yeah, we, we were unsure and guessing, like, wait, who wrote that letter to Ho? And we thought it might have been Kuhn, because mm-hmm. he's a pretty manipulative type, and, you know, it was good for Bam, technically. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, again, it's, it's these little things they just kind of plant or, like, hiding in plain sight. And then, in some cases, there's no way of knowing, they reveal to you at the end, like, just about everything about Rachel is explained and shown in the final episode. Yeah, but it was it was they, a they pretty st- neat final episode because it's like, oh yeah, how have you been paying attention to the previous twelve? Because oh boy, we're gonna yeah. be referencing to because know, it's episode. true there there were still little hints of you know Rachel's behavior just seem seeming a little weird, and then it all makes more sense with that context of like seeing like oh that's yeah, why it makes she for was a kind of cool crying about Bam and she's thinking like leave me leave me leave me yeah, and I feel like in a way it did a very good what a fun episode could be for a show that has more to present uh, i think one of the problems too with a lot of shows sometimes is even though you could have a second season finding a way to kind of wrap it up or have a good ending is very challenging either it's like the final event the final fight right. the final tournament and usually that's in the final episode and then a final episode in the first half and the second half is is just exposition completion but with tower of god they rewrapped everything back to the beginning in this one full episode because episode 12 that was it that was enough the test was over we knew what happened and the results and whatnot more or less but episode 13 spent a good job being like here we are coming full circle here's the thing you missed 
And then for those, again, like I mentioned about the webtoon, and I think we're a lot of uh, discrepancy that even myself, as I was watching, it's like, we're missing some stuff. And sure enough, the anime did remove some things and placed it into the final episode where, as a webtoon reader, you kind of were able to see the progression of things and little hints here and there. But it was a little different in how they did with the anime. And personally, looking back at it now, I really like. And like we all agree, it was a good final episode. Yeah. I think it. I think the last episode is really solid. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read the little thing I have in my notes, which is the fact that like, in 20 minutes, it's one episode. It manages to wrap up the you know deal with the fallout of the the previous episode's cliffhanger, r- reveal information that basically changes our understanding of almost the entire series, and mm-hmm. then also still manages to set up a continue the continuation of the story. Whether that be in a second season, which would uh, honestly be nice. Normally, I, I was pretty lukewarm on this until the very end. Like the show grew on me, um, but I'm you know I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a second season. And if not, uh, I may have to go back on to webtoon and say reset my password because it's time to hop back into reading. I can survive not reading. I've been pretty adamant about. <laughs> I make it sound like it's a a logical decision, but generally. I'm known to be a, a filthy anime-only casual. Is that just on <laughs> JoJo Hero Academia and all that? But uh, one more time. Is that I heard on lazy. principle or because you're lazy? Uh, yes, a, <laughs> <laughs> that is my answer. Uh, <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. I I'd fall under the boat of I I might read the webtoon if I have time, but I know God of High School. Uh, he's not going to read it soon. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I've been reading more manga than you think, actually. I don't so, who knows? <laughs> yes, I do. I know, You're right? Always Shocking. working. How um, do you have time? I guess if you consider reading manga. Manga work, is work. working. Uh, that's true. Yes. You know, so, uh, but no, I, I, uh, and again, I, this is one reason why we all love the, the ending, no matter what we're going to do afterwards. It, it did a good job inciting what path you're going to go, just like in the tower. Mm-hmm. Are you going to read the webtoon to see what happens? Or are you going to wait? for if the eventual second season ever gets announced. Will it happen? I don't know. I, I mean, the there's so many, we want it. Wait. We, we want it, but we'll see. And we've seen many uh, animes that just never get a second season, so maybe we're forced to only have the webtoon, so who knows? Yep. Oh, please, I don't want this to go in the the cursed purgatory. Of the cursed purgatory. No Game, No Life, and Malasama. <laughs> just Malasama. popular shows that never the got devil, season two. The Devil Part-Timer. Yep, that one. Yeah, I mean. But with that in mind, go go ahead. No, no, no. Fine, you you go. I was about to sizzling, and then you, you derailed <laughs> my train of thought, so it's gone and lost to the void forever. Just like in the Tower of God. What? Uh, no. What I'm saying is, with that in <laughs> mind, is there any other final comments you'd like to give about Tower of God? Uh, oh, you know what? We talked about a lot in our week to week reviews that we didn't actually. Yeah, I, I was gonna podcast. say there's a glaring omission. Let's talk about how dank the soundtrack is. My goodness. Oh my god, I can't believe I blanked out on that for a bit. I, I forgot until I, even I had it in my notes. I forgot until I was like, man, what do I normally talk about? Oh yeah, OPs and EDs. Eh, they were fine. I didn't really vibe with either of them, and then my brain went, but but James, there was something that your ears really did like, and I was like, right, Kevin Pankin's amazing soundtrack. Ten out of okay. eleven out of that's ten. That's why. I- like and that's why i have both of you to help remind me because even i almost momentarily forgot could you imagine if kevin found out that we had forgotten to talk about his amazing soundtrack oh god please don't tell him that would be upsetting but it would also mean that kevin pankin took the time to listen to our podcast which would be that's true true. 
Hi, Kevin. This is a new art podcast. <laughs> for some context, for those who don't know, Kevin Pankin also is the composer for Made in Abyss. And the that Rising soundtrack of won the best. Yes. And the Rising of Shotaro. And for Made in Abyss, it won the best anime soundtrack of the year. And we were fortunate enough to actually meet him and give him the award, as well as do an interview with him, which was really awesome. Um, since then, it's been fun following Kevin's progression in the Walk anime industry. Just, just stalks him. It's pretty great. Yeah. No. Yes. Obviously, I stalk him. No. I mean, you see, he's, uh, he's he's been very supportive of Tower God too. I, for the final episode, he did like a little musical concert on video, which I thought was really awesome. That was really neat. But it was very neat. Yeah. But I really again, I really like the soundtrack here. Um, I think it's kind of funny. I don't know if we mentioned this in in other in a previous podcast or in the review, but I think it's funny that. He's now written the soundtrack for an anime that's about going oh, ever yeah. deeper, and now he's written the soundtrack for an anime about going ever higher. That's true. Uh, when is he going to do one that's going to explore the world? That's Rising the Shield Hero. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Not sort of. Uh, count, yeah. I, I think, sort of. so I, I like, in, in terms of Kevin Penkin anime soundtracks, this, out of, out of the, I think the sample size of three we've got, this is number two. I think All three of which are have... isekais. Thank you for coming to our <laughs> TED Talk. <laughs> Stop! No, Rainbow <laughs> uh, Tower of God or Fantasy. Uh, but keep in mind, he did he did work on uh, Nor Nine as well. Oh, I believe. right, yes, yeah, Nor Nine, Nor 9 and, then... and Under Under the Dog, Under the, the dog. OVA. I haven't heard yeah. of them. I'm guessing they're isekais. Uh, oh my god! I'll kill no, you, Betty. Anyway, uh, I and like then this one. I'll be reincarnated one... in another world. Uh -huh. uh, I like this one more than Rising of Shield Hero, but not as much as Maiden Abyss. Like it's it's in between the two. And what I think is interesting, I might have mentioned this in the review of the first episode, is sonically it sounds kind of like a little of both. Um, because Rising of Shield it Hero did. did not do nearly as many, at least from what I experienced. I didn't finish the whole show, I'll admit. Uh, but from my experience listening to the soundtrack and from what I watched, it's a little heavier on on the like actual instruments and less. There's less map. There's there's some in Shield Hero, but not as much. You know massive electronic distortion and they had a lot there was a lot of that in maiden abyss and there was quite a bit in tower of god that i liked um it's just the more ominous nature of stuff i just felt a lot better with you know it's just something i vibe with there um, were vocals in at least one track and that always makes me there happy was a lot of not, not yeah, just like a solo choir boy <laughs> vocal line but yeah i'm always happy when there's like a whole choir and vocal harmonies going on it's a great like it's an underutilized instrument i would say in because obviously instrumental music you know is instrumental not people singing but even without words you can make some really cool choral music as its yeah. own kind of instrument so to speak a human instrument and he did it multiple times too which uh you have to give credit we're not just praising the soundtrack because he worked on two other shows but in tower of god there was so much variety. Oh, yeah. There was almost a soundtrack for everything. Yeah. And they've and they've maybe repeated like we call it the tower choir theme, where it's like, <laughs> oh me, whatever it's like, whatever. Yeah. I think this is Kami no To, I think it, I if I if I listened to it too carefully, but Oh, that's quite possible. That'd be super cool. But that soundtrack was used quite quite not often, but it was good enough. It was used a few times to emphasize yeah. the point, but we got such a range of soundtrack that I it was just I, I I love that. I don't and recall I any tracks. You have to give a lot of credit to him. Any, or any tracks being overused and like obnoxious, but yeah. the good memorable tracks. It's like, oh yes, this I like it. I've heard it maybe once before, maybe only once weeks ago, but I remembered it because it's good. 
Yeah, the melody for the that choir is is really that choral choir line is is really quite nice and very recognizable. Uh, and I honestly think that if that is you hear that and you think Tower of God, like that is one of the most yep. uh, identifiable yes. like, motifs for that particular show. Uh, I really liked that like battle music because it's it it's like jazzy battle music. It's got that it's got <laughs> that like hip hopish style drum beat, a really groovy like bass line, and some and a fun little like piano solo. Like it's got it's it's got that almost like an urban feel to it and and so it makes the battles feel a lot tighter uh you're you're working with like a reduced number of instruments it makes it makes the room feel a little bit smaller uh it plays a lot during the crown game fight uh which is in an enclosed Mm -hmm. room and so i think it fits it fits the scene really well um but i also just as as you know musically that is a kind of instrumentation that i really like and that kind of style of music that i appreciate feel like i'm talking like i feel like i'm just pulling words out of my hat because i love the music but it's been so long since i've actually like studied it it's been i haven't studied good job on the soundtrack kevin pankin good job on the soundtrack kevin (laughs) i really like it i'm looking forward to when it gets released on a physical thing hopefully vinyl because i'm a weird snob like that uh that'd be cool it's okay we bought the vi- I bought the vinyl for the Made in Abyss soundtrack. I did so, too. And I don't even own a vinyl record. Or you don't a vinyl own a record player, player? That's so. really funny. No, I don't. They're not that so expensive I have these it. days. I don't either. Get one. I used Who yours knows? when I lived with you, but yeah. <laughs> now I have yeah. a couple records with no player. Your parents don't have a record player? You know? No. I don't think so. You live in a family of musicians. I'm shocked you don't have a record player. <laughs> Anyway, we'll have to fix that. I've got a lot of friends with them, but yeah, I mean, if you have enough friends with them, normally you don't need to worry about not having one yourself. Um, I'm trying to look at some of the with, other notes we with... took for the uh, for the soundtrack because, like, we mentioned the the like the, we'll just call it the tower theme. I, I doubt that that's what it's called. Um, and the uh, you know the uh, the jazzy funk battle music, the the really aggressive string hits during the the mm-hmm. moment between Hole and Serena. Oh, that was great. Yes, yeah. that was a good one. That, those aggressive strings, very very good. Um, I know that there's literally a track titled "The Black March" because uh, Kevin put out a video of him performing it, uh, which I really like. Mostly, and pardon me while I while I deviate just a little bit, but it's called "The Black March," which is like, yeah, that's the name of the weapon. But also, it begins in this really nice, like, 6-8 feel. Uh, a march. And it's, yeah, it sounds like a 6-8 march until it does the mm-hmm. classic mm-hmm. Kevin Pankin thing of falling out of time. Uh, where he just starts layering different things and they're coming in a little bit different. And so that's when you can't really keep as uh, you keep track of the uh, of the tempo and the beat nearly. Or not tempo, but you can't keep track of the beat nearly as well. And so it suddenly is not really an actual quote-unquote march but i love that it begins with this strong like easy to define uh pair of like six eight rhythms uh yeah which i turn this to a a music music course yeah (laughs) welcome to james's music theory corner (laughs) no but the black march reminds me that there's a lot of interestingly named things in this show like we kept complaining about the bull like why is that a bull yes Uh, there's the issue with a lot of Korean names that are 
translated like to the name that would have the same meaning in Japanese, but then for English subtitles, I'll just write the Korean name. In the case of BAM, they call him Yoru in Japanese because BAM means night in Korean. Um, I'm really not sure why Rachel's pronounced Rahel or like which or Raheru, which language that comes from or uh, <laughs> the point I was really getting to though, the Black March, those weapons. I first heard that and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. The Black March, that's dark, that's edgy. That's a cool weapon. And then I found out there was a green April and they're named after months. And I you was so disappointed. Yeah, you want to know what messes with me even more? 13 There's months. 13 of those weapons. <laughs> what is the 13th month? Zahad probably named a month after himself. I'm going to take a page probably. out of The Simpsons and say that the 13th month is Smarch. <laughs> it's just Smarch with an S in front of it. The, the... Who knows? Because uh, Sue, the author, has taken a lot of inspiration from things he grew up with the reason why kun is called kun agoro agnes is based off of this actual soccer player like oh. I, I believe oh, neat. Um, I didn't know that. because he loves he loves foot like he really loves uh football and not american football but soccer and football America's proper it. calling it soccer is dumb football proper yeah. but yeah it's yeah it's based off a sergio kun agoro i don't pronounce his name but yeah it is based off of that player apparently in terms of the name That's so neat. i would not be surprised if he pulls uh, other inspiration whether it's like western thing from simpsons i think it's a far-fetched but oh, it, it is possible and i know he i said that mostly as a joke <laughs> i mean you never know uh i think also another thing too uh they just cringe just released an interview with him as well and Ooh. i think he made some mentions about um uh i want to say it was dragon ball i don't remember uh but he had a lot of inspiration behind uh, an uh, manga, a lot of manga That's as cool. well, and then some Western stuff too, like um, Pixar movies and whatnot. Cool. So who knows? Yeah. What do you, oh dear listeners, what do you think the thirteenth month is? Tell us what your theories for the thirteenth month are. Once you'll find out where to tell us when we get to the question corner at the end of the episode. Which is right now. Oh, right now! Wow. Welcome to the end <laughs> of the segue, episode. But yes. James, would you I'm like sitting to all dignified, like, try, but I realize it's all audio. Uh, yeah, welcome to the question corner. Uh, nobody sent us any questions, but that's fine because I'm He's... pretty sure most of you don't know that we're doing a question corner until until now. Uh, I don't think I knew until recently. <laughs> yeah, so we'd love to hear your questions and comments. Uh, if there's topics that you want us to talk about, or if there's any questions you have about us at anime trending or the podcast itself feel free to ask us on discord discord.gg slash a-n-i-t-r-e-n-d-z any trends we will have a segment there in tech channel for the podcast so if you have any questions we'll be taking some from there and i believe we might do a post or two on twitter so keep an eye out for that um we will dedicate some segments in our podcast episodes when we can for a question and answer corner. Uh, we will probably dive into some relevant topics, but of course, uh, any question is welcome, uh, but we'll see if we'll take it or not. Yeah, they yeah. can be general for anime trending as a whole, just some th topic about anime you want to hear about. Uh, they can be personal, like, James, what the heck? <laughs> That's an excellent That's question. question, and I'm glad you asked. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, you can ask us just about anything. It doesn't mean we'll necessarily put it on the podcast, because if everything goes smoothly, we'll have more questions than we know what to deal with. Uh, but we will answer them the best we can, and they don't always have to be about anime. Uh, if you if you heard us comment on something, and you thought, hey, that's an interesting thing that I'd like them to talk more about, this is your chance. Ask us about it. Um, I want to we'll answer about questions. What you want us to talk about? Instead yeah, if if you think there's a us cool talking top- about what we want to talk about, which leads to a uh, well, uh, you're still here, session. so <laughs> yeah. Uh, if if you're interested in a particular thing, if you if you think, man, I think that the folks in you know, if you think it'd be a good podcast topic, if you just want to hear somebody else's thoughts on it, uh, drop us a line. You know, it may even end up becoming the topic of a podcast. You know, a whole entire podcast. who knows but yes we'll be opening that up onto our discord as well as making some tweets about that but discord is definitely the better way to reach us yes this was the best way to reach us Uh, and with that i think that'll wrap up our final impression discussions about tower of god uh with that in mind quick final comments about tower of god you know maybe you wanted to score out a 10 or just just uh, something to sum it up Uh, james seven out of ten not quite as good as be the beginning Right, the B to B getting score. Uh, that is a solid eight out of ten score in James's book. So it's seven out of ten for Tower of God. How about you, Medi? I'm still just processing James's answer, as usual. Yes, this is um, all about James. I can't help but shake the feeling like there's some important thing we've forgotten, like a whole character or episode or scene even. But just goes to show. There's a lot to Tower of God, you know. Like we barely scratched the surface on just things that popped in our mind. Yeah, about the like, show. This was supposed to be a wrap-up podcast. We totally could have done a podcast entirely based on the characters or entirely based on the world. Oh yeah, or entirely on the soundtrack. At this point, now. Well, that ended yeah. up being half the podcast, but <laughs> I kid. Uh, yeah, show show's pretty good. Go watch it. Well, yeah, I'd give it a solid recommendation. Yeah. How about you, Nibbles? I think it's a solid one, too. Uh, definitely a, solid a show not one. for everyone. Mm. <laughs> no, a solid yes, one, too. One out of ten. Twelve. Yes. Twelve out of ten? Oh, no. my goodness. No, I think it would be leading more around an eight, seven, eight for me. And I think I'm a little bit biased just because I did read the webtoon, and it's one of the stories and character uh, stories with characters that I really enjoy. Uh, but if I never read, read Webtoon, I'd probably lean it towards around 67. It, de- it did felt a bit rushed. I don't know. It, it, it just... It had some rocky despite, pacing no, at times. There was some rocky pacing, and as a result, it's around the area. Was it terrible? No, it wasn't terrible. But was it, like, the most amazing anime that came out this year? Definitely not. But it was a solid show, and yeah. it was enjoyable for what it was. So I'll leave it around that. I'm not yeah. a fan of number scores in general, but, you know, it's in my... I like this. It was pretty good range. It wasn't phenomenal, but it wasn't bad by any stretch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to redefine my and numbers, with that... though. I'm so used to being an American where a 70, a 7 out of 10 is average. That's just not how it works. 5 out of 10 is no, average. unfortunately not. <laughs> That's how bell curves In the work. anime world, but who knows? That's how bell curves work, too, indeed. But yes, with that in mind, thank you very much for joining our return with Tower of God. 
We appreciate your constant support and listener, uh, you as the listener, for joining us. Again, uh, if you'd like to support us, we're also on Patreon. We have our usual channels as well, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Of course, as we mentioned, Discord. Do submit us your questions. And we hope to see you next week in which we will talk about the summer 2020 anime season. Ooh. Lots of great shows coming out this summer. Uh, we'll be diving into Degada High School, the next Crenshaw Webtoon anime coming out of their partnership. We'll see how that goes, but we'll dive into many other shows as well, especially some of the ones that were delayed due to COVID-19. So excited to see uh, Food Wars, Oregaru, um, and uh, uh, Millionaire Detective come back. Yes. Anyways, with that, thank you very much for joining. Uh, we hope to see you next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Sick outro music. Sick outro music. Did